This is Cinepunked. This episode, don't have a good day, have a great day. Hi, I'm your host, Robert J.E. Simpson. As technology has evolved and we push ever further with the limits of what artificial intelligence can do, questions have been asked about what that says about the nature of existence itself. Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics, first introduced in 1952, have shaped much of our intellectual understanding about the ethics of AI, particularly around morality. But as AI moves closer to simulating what we understand as human thought processes, how do we draw the lines between an artificial construct and human intelligence? Science fiction in literature and cinema has long been drawn to these issues, with films like Logan's Run, Blade Runner, AI, Ex Machina and The Matrix delving deeper into the conflict. 20th Century Studios' Free Guy emerged onto cinema screens and later Disney Plus in the summer of 2021. In it, we follow the life of Guy, played by Ryan Reynolds, a humble bank teller who discovers he is a non-playable character in a computer game and unwittingly begins to break his programming and become the hero in a dastardly plot in the real world too. Joining me for the conversation tonight is critic Neil Sedgwick, also of Films and Faith. Hi, Neil. How's it going? We all right? We're hunky-dory. Good to have you back on again. Thanks for having me. I mean, you're part of the family now, so we can't not let you in every now and then. <laughs> you're not one of those relatives we shut the door at whenever you turn up. Yeah, the awkward cousin who just won't leave. <laughs> the appropriate time of a family gathering, yeah. We've all been one of those at some point, <laughs> I know. Um, so look, regulars will know that over the last few episodes, we've been discussing films which play with the idea of our perception of reality, that blur the lines between dreamscape and awake, between fiction and non-fiction and the influence of artificial intelligence. So this film that we're going to talk about tonight, Free Guy, was released just a few months before The Matrix Resurrections, and it strikes me that there's something significant about two major pictures on similar themes being released within a few months of each other. And when we were talking about The Matrix a few weeks ago, we agreed that it would be worth exploring the two. Now, unfortunately, Brother Ben is unavailable at the moment. He has other commitments, so he's not going to be joining us for this watch. Um, although I will definitely hound him uh, after the podcast to make sure that he watches the film at some point, because I think he would actually enjoy it. He's a gamer. He loves this sort of stuff. But Neil is here, and folks at home, you are too, and that's all that matters. So thank you for, if you've not heard our Matrix podcast, go back and have a listen to that, um, and then come back into this, because it is hopefully going to be a continuation of that conversation. And I will say now, at the off... Spoilers ahead. Watch Free Guy before you listen to this podcast because we can't have a conversation about the film without discussing fundamental plot elements. So it is on Disney Plus streaming at the moment for those of you who've got a subscription. Go and check it out. That's a very long introduction, Neil. I apologize yeah. for that. T's and C's apply. It feels increasingly like it's what you've got to do. I don't want someone writing to us and say, well, you just bought that entire film for me and I'm never going to listen to your podcast again. I'm going to tell my friends you're rubbish. Which, I mean, would be nice because as Oscar Wilde says, there's nothing worse than, the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. So tell all your friends how rubbish we are. Yeah. <laughs> they might give us a go. Um, so yeah, we did talk about The Matrix and I mentioned this as being a film that I thought was, um, had an uncanny similarity in terms of its subject matter. Um, and I think that's where we need to start, isn't it? Yeah. I, it's interesting to me that this this game that uh, Ryan Reynolds' world is mm-hmm. built around. Free City. Kinda, Free City kind of strikes me when you go back to Matrix Resurrections and Keanu Reeves is building, is is it, is playing the part of the game developer, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Anderson, in, in that film, that the game he is building, Binary, feels like something very similar to what this this game may be in terms of just walking around the world and tasks and things like that. Now I, I'm not a massive gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, FIFA is probably my limit, uh, but I, I have watched the likes of my nephews and things play Fortnite and just run around manically and shoot, 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 build, 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 grab the thing hit somebody with a unicorn on a stick, run away, <laughs> hide, shoot, shoot, shoot. Like, and it feels like that that free city world has um, Fortnite tie-ins, but also slightly more adult than that and, and a bit more mm. a bit more of a violent world. Um, we see very early on Ram Reynolds is the bank teller, as you said, and this thing of, you know, the bank gets robbed 17 <laughs> times a day. 
to the you know there's a there's a every time somebody comes into the bank different bank robber the security guard his friend buddy yeah um the clue to his role is in the name uh just drops the gun that he's wearing and they just go around the back of the, the counter and just kind of solemnly lie down and have a wee chat while this is all going on because this is what happens yeah 17 times a day seem happy Oh, come on, don't worry about that guy. You're going to find someone. That's okay, bud. I feel like I've been looking for her forever. You know, maybe it's just, maybe it's not meant to be. Everybody down on the ground! I know the woman I'm looking for. Let me guess. The woman with the offbeat switching over. She would feel good to you. Pop, yes, that's her. She's running space in my brain and she won't move out. And you know what? Well, guess what? She won't move either in or out. You know why? Because she doesn't exist. She's just a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Being rotten, Nobody try to be a hero. This will all be over soon. But the the thing about the Matrix and the connection to this, I suppose, and like you like you said in the intro there as well, um, there's a bit of a long-running thing within cinema of the the kind of... Cinema has this love of... What what I've what I've scribbled down in my notes as I watched this this afternoon, the love of a, of awakening consciousness, mm-hmm. and it comes through in so many forms. Like you said, like even uh, one thing that wasn't even on the list. You know, when you're talking about um, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be alive? The whole and we'll not do it because she's not here and she mm. would kill us both. But Blade Runner, <laughs> and uh, you know, absolutely, yeah, things like that, and and ex machina technology, it, how it's all evolving. Like, I mean, it goes right back to the to to, to the earliest days of cinema. I mean, the the the, the grand the, the granddaddy of them all, the grandmother of them all, is, is Maria in, in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels to me that that's a real important. I mean, for, apart from it being a really important cinematic moment, yeah. Um, in terms of a discussion about science fiction. In terms of that evolution of, of sort of Frankenstein-like creations, in terms of blending artificial intelligence and robotics with humanity, her character, which sort of bridges those two worlds, is is really really important. Mm. Um, I mean, we we actually mentioned it in the last pod we did about um, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I mean, Maria's position is is sort of her ability to control and manipulate other people would suggest that this is a a creature that goes beyond just serving an artificial intelligence function this is a a a creature that is programmed to manipulate but also exercises free will yeah and that i think has always frightened people because we don't know i mean it's this it's this whole fear of the god complex Mm -hmm. that you see across so much of sci-fi that when you start tinkering whenever you start taking the ability to control and create that there's a point at which (laughs) your creation will possibly run away from you i mean like we see it with animals you know we can domesticate a pet but a pet is never going to be completely within our control and even though you can run a list of algorithms that things function we all know because any one of us that has used a machine at any point in our life from uh you know from a toaster through to a car to you know like a a complicated computer system they go wrong occasionally they do stuff that we did not ask them to do that is not within their programming Mm-hmm. And that is the point at which there's a risk of something else. Yeah. And I think we're, we're sort of inbuilt with that distrust that, that we can't control everything. And I think that's the, sort of, for me, that's what's at the heart of a lot of this fear. But it yeah. doesn't stop us from trying to push it. Just to see, uh, it's like, you know, I've got the, it's, it's, I just feel it's like the, you know, where you get the plug socket. You're like, well, I know if I stick my finger in that, I might die, but let's have a yeah. go and see what happens. <laughs> Don't recommend yeah. that to anyone at home who's never stuck their finger in a plug socket. Don't yeah. don't do it. Please don't do that. No. But I think yeah, I think I think we you're right. We have had this fascination with what is free will and what what can be what can happen when we give free will to something else or we lose the ability to have our own free will. Um like you know, you think about ex machina mm. and kind of they put this robot uh, through the Turing tests and and things like that and then there there's always a point what do you find in 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 all of these kind of 
films is there's always a point where the line begins to blur. Mm -hmm. So you go ex machina, you start off and you go robot, 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 robot. Uh, uh, hang on. What? Uh, uh, uh. Alicia Vikander just got in the helicopter. Um, <laughs> you know, like that, that's, that, there's always, there's, there's a journey with it too. Yeah. Um, and I think in this game, I think the technology always changes. And sometimes even when you think of um, <laughs> something like minority report, mm -hmm. you know, you're talking about technology going wrong and those kind of precogs who can see the future and you, you know, we can stop crime by doing this. Oh no, wait, something's got into the system and it's gone wrong. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fascinating to me how often we open up this, uh, this thought of what is free will? What do we do with this? How do we feel about this? And mm. I think this, this free guy to bring it back before we just talk about every film we've ever seen this, <laughs> this free guy film, I think is a very modern take on that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, particularly for, I think younger audiences who would be gamers. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Ben is our, is our big gamer here. Yeah. And you, you and I, are are not um no i try them every now and then and i go through little phases but um i just can't immerse myself for long enough uh, these these know. type of games yeah. that this film depicts i hate them <laughs> i i absolutely hate them because i always reach a point and then go i can't do this bit so i can't go any further and then i just stop which is there's a there's a bit there's a scene in this film where there's just a character another non-playable character running around in the background in the wall and jumping up and jumping up <laughs> that, that's, that's me playing that game i think for me the problem with a game like this as a player and, and i mean it's okay to talk about other films as well i mean like we're not going to limit ourselves in this conversation just a free guy because um this has already stemmed off part of a, an exploration of a you know a topic we've already hit on um like for me, the frustration with all these games is that they're 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 open ended. Whereas mm. you know, if you've got something that, that's not just goal specific, but that has an end, it's like I can get to the end of this. Whereas like a free guy world is something that just exists forever. Yeah, and that seems lovely. But it's like, why do I want to to? And I and I I know from having played some of these sort of games online before. Um, gosh, I downloaded. I've been playing Candy Crush again this week just to kind of do something with my head. And I haven't played Candy Crush in several years, but again, the frustration is open ended. It will never end. I will never find that satisfaction of actually achieving something. So it leaves you in a yeah. real state of, of, of sort of disenchantment. Which is, it's. It, I really don't need that where my head's at right now. So mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be like I'll, I'll stop playing that. But um, I, I, I mean, one of the things you said there that. I, I find it interesting is this idea that you know we kind of watch this journey and there's a point which this is the point at which the line changes from yeah. robot to human essentially and I think what makes this film different from a lot of them is that we go in and we if, unless you've seen the trailer already and you know what it's about which lets us tells us basically you know you go in there and he's living in his world already we yeah. assume that he's real and right from the start he's having conversations and making decisions that strike me as being different from that he's still going through the routine of doing the stuff but he shows a, an awareness you know he's asking questions about like why we do this you know like what you know maybe you know, something and i, I think I know the suggestion is that it's it's the encounter that he has with another person within that scape yep. changes everything. And that that's why his brain is thinking differently. Mm -hmm. Which probably says something about ourselves and how we encounter other people and what it does for our, our kind of growth and development. Um, but I don't know, I just feel that there's always, there is something else there from, from the word go, but then maybe that's the whole there point. Is, there is, it's a, and it may be just a curiosity thing or it may just be that it's in some ways i think this film does a lot of good things in that regard but it also does it also makes some missteps mm -hmm. and i think that is one of them that you just come in but the, yeah the trick the tricky thing about it is there has to be some way to introduce that world and make it appear semi-normal mm -hmm. before the truth 
of what it actually is is revealed. And the truth of what it is 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 being a game is revealed fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Like they don't they don't hang about, but there is a moment when that starts, and you go, "What kind of city?" Like it could be a comic book city. It could yeah. be, um, you know, like you, you think. I I always think that it's it's a much brighter city than this, but the Tim Burton Gotham, where it just seems like the streets are just constantly filled with chaos. Yeah, in that particular Gotham city, it it kind of struck me a bit like that, but a very bright and airy daytime version, <laughs> Gotham by day. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, there's all this kind of rocket launchers. Everybody looks weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but they he refers to the sunglasses people as being heroes. Yeah. So you're in it's, superhero movie world yeah. then, right from the off. This is Free City. Look at this guy. He's one of the sunglasses people. And the people who wear sunglasses are heroes. They have a devil-may-care attitude, and they run this town. They get to do all the cool stuff. You are so hot. Oh, I know. Get to do all the drivers. See a see? very, a very funny. That's not even his as he's talking about this, we see Channing or Tatum his wife in the film yeah. as the kind of like what you would expect that character to look like. Mm. Um, you know, rugged hero, action man has the girl in the car, does the handbrake turn, bang, 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 stuff explodes. He smiles. They spin and drive off. You know, like it's it does it does very quickly reveal what it is but i yeah i think you're right about those early conversations where he is walking with buddy you know mm. the generic names even a buddy and guy they are they are disposable mm-hmm. um within that world um but they're also think, not well i mean like okay the, the they are unimportant I suppose is what that you know in terms of the they're not the they serve they serve a function within the narrative, but they're not even people that you interact with. They're just people there to be shot and beaten up, yeah. and you know they're and, generic in some ways. But it's like why even have a cafe? I mean, for me, it's like why have a cafe that they actually go into and order coffee from? Because that surely serves no function in the game. Ever. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean. That so if you are programming a game. Mm. To my mind, and again, this is why we need Ben here. Mm-hmm. Your non-playable characters have a function, mm. but they they don't have a life outside of that. Where no. they so it it shows you him getting up every morning, and all he has is blue shirts in his wardrobe with the same color of slacks, you know, bank uniform. That's all he wears mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, he says good morning to his fish. He gets up and he has, you know, he has the same cup of coffee every day. And I, it made me think of the Lego movie yeah, uh, from a few years ago where that uh, Chris Pratt character gets up every day is the same. Everything's brilliant. Everything's cheery. I have the same drink and the same thing. And a and we have a, a medium coffee, cream, two sugars. And we, <laughs> you know, that's what I do. And, uh, you know, the first, the first point where things start to, as he, kind of goes things are weird why am i having these thoughts he goes into that cafe and asks for a cappuccino mm-hmm. and the whole cafe looks at him <laughs> and it it starts to turn like i watched it a wee bit and it started to almost take a turn towards um medium coffee cream two sugars medium coffee cream two sugars actually I'd like to try a cappuccino today. Ooh, cappuccino. I enjoy saying that. It's like a waterfall made of letters. Excuse me? I'd like to try a cappuccino. Please. But you get a medium coffee, cream, two sugars. That's what you get. That's what everyone gets every day, always. Well, hey, somebody's about to get shot. 
like in another film, it almost took a turn where you could see, like when we're talking about the Matrix and yeah. they have that swarm mode, it was like something's gone wrong in the game. Why is he asking for a cappuccino? It's like, it's a Western. At that point, it becomes a Western. He goes in, <laughs> he's going into the bar and it's the stranger in the bar who's yeah, ordered something. like, stranger, we don't serve that kind of drink around here. Because obviously yeah. they're in the West country um, rather than like the West <laughs> country uh and uh but it, it's, it's there's a there's a cannon outside on on a tank and the right. tank starts to spin around as he's ordering something different and until oh, okay. he until he changes order back to the regular thing at which point the tank turns away again but it, it yeah. feels like there's a moment at which he's conflicting presumably with the programming of the game and mm-hmm. something is amiss and the computer is trying to correct it but also i assumed that the tank is something that's being driven by a character who's a playable character from the outside world yeah. it's it's fascinating i mean there's there's obviously a commentary part of it's obviously a study on, on computer games but i think there's also an element about discussing ourselves as people because that is the habit that a lot of folk and their blue shirts get into you get up every day you go to your your job i mean it's a yeah. job it's fine you maybe have some interactions with people that you like you end up ordering the same drink every day and i've done it myself where you know you get into a habit you go to the same places same times same thing and then there's the day you go in and you decide i'm gonna have something different today <laughs> and you can feel your body kind of going but we don't do this this is this is yeah. not what we order yeah why, why? i'm a flat white every time <laughs> shout really? out to edge coffee in hollywood flat white that's my order. Like, that's it. I do it. Do you know? Like, I mean, years ago, I used to go into, um, there was a Starbucks branch in Botanic in Belfast. I used to go there every day. And I sat there and I wrote for a couple of hours. And one of the waitresses there got to know me by name. It's a bit like a bit like the film knew me by name and knew what I was going to order every single day. It got you're to such, that point. You're such a hipster that you your name was known as Starbucks before they were putting it on cups. <laughs> ah, very good. Yes, um, but I mean that—that that is what we do as people. We mm-hmm. we do fall into that trap of doing the same thing and not questioning. Um, I mean, it strikes me that there's a class thing going on with this as well. That it's not just about about sort of the cool kids and the and the the, the people with the background characters. There's there's also maybe a social element mm-hmm. that he's representing normal working class people who basically just have a function. I mean, that's how it's seen. Whereas if you have a bit more money, we have the interactions with the, the, the cash point and the pair of shoes that he really wants. <laughs> ah, damn, I always never have quite enough money, which, which you know, I mean, yeah. you're still thinking about that Optimus Prime you didn't buy, or the, <laughs> the Unicron, that's what it was, the, the, the massive Unicron, um, where you kind of go, I just don't have quite a grand to spend this week. Oh, darn it. Um, but within that, you're aware that he's a slave to a machine and there's the point where he gets money for the first time because he's he's done something in public yeah and everything changes so there's there's i think there's a social class commentary going on as well yeah quite possibly um i um i also just uh, one of the things about that coffee conversation Mm. the he then leaves and the barista turns and looks at the machine (laughs) And just goes, cappuccino, cappuccino. Like, so it has obviously never been her function to provide anything more than a medium coffee, cream, two sugars. Mm-hmm. Um, On the billboard it, behind her, it's all the same thing, I think, mm, at first. Yeah. At that point, yeah, it changes later. Changes later to like a full drinks menu. Because <laughs> they, they actually refer to it because what what the the people... Uh, designing the game or the people involved in the game say later on is that his awakening consciousness is having a knock-on effect mm-hmm. to the other non-playable characters in the game and they do make reference to that barista and say I mean there's a barista in the game just playing a who made a cappuccino of their own free will that's like there's a bit of me goes that's great because it, it calls back to that but also do, do we need a barista I don't like like you say like what function does that serve other than to to later show the knock-on effect of his 
Well, I guess it's... Well, it's awakening. I mean, if you... I, 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 this is where my limitations of not playing these kind of games, I guess, falls into place. Yeah. Although I have played games where you have to go into shops and have certain transactions in order to progress stuff. We're used to the idea of, like, you go into a shop and you stock up on arms or, or you know, upgrade your, your equipment or your clothing in a game. So I guess in a sense, like maybe the coffee provides energy, which allows your character to do stuff. It's just then they don't give you a choice because it doesn't make a difference. But it's just like it's there as a, a simply for a function. Yeah. But if this is a world in which people sort of play a regular life, that's the only thing that would make sense in order for them to have houses, to have bedrooms, to have goldfish that they to keep have a city. decorate. Yeah, to have a city, to have a place around it. So you have to have a cafe and. Obviously, obviously, we also have a cafe that's hugely important in Matrix. Mm-hmm. Matrix Resurrections has that cafe, and that cafe simulate just is 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 a place where everything seems to turn and revolve around to. Yeah, it's a place of it's a place of meeting. It's a place of um, conversation, mm-hmm. and it's a place of recognition. I mean, oh, when I think about it, that's the place where Neo and, and, and Trinity meet again. Yeah. And even there's a point in that where she walks in and says, do you know what? I'm going to go wild today. She's talking to whoever the barista is and goes, do you know what? I'm going to go wild today. I'm going to have a Cortado. I think it's a Cortado. Cortado she asked whatever, for. whatever a Cortado is. And he, the barista kind of looks and goes, oh, okay. And you're like, yeah. Which again speaks to possibly the programming going on mm-hmm. within that loop of the matrix, but also our own human, uh, me walking into my favorite coffee place going flat white place. That way to go. <laughs> but, but that's it. And but she only changes her order after she meets mm-hmm. uh, Neo again. She does. Yeah, that's right. So, or at least that's that's the the only reference that's made to. It. So, so, yeah. so, so there's a point at which we kind of see again that that blurring of real world and fantasy world stimulating a change in someone. Yeah. Um. Because again, you know, if if if. if if Guy is stimulated by the, the this encounter that he has in the street with um, Molotov, mm-hmm. uh, Judy Judy Comer's character, if that's what stimulates his change and free will, yeah, and the it, Mariah Carey song, <laughs> which I hope she's very happy with the royalties. Apparently so. They they did ask her, and she was like, "Yep, you can use it for the whole damn film." From that, flip me. That's like that song gets stuck in my head by the end of the film. I don't know about you, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's it. That interaction and that humming of that song mm-hmm. is the the trigger point for him becoming more and more aware. Weirdly, though, he's aware of it as a character about the song in a way that other people that, that she encounters in the street, the other NPCs, don't acknowledge. Yeah, he's last on to it. Don't he, have a good he has day, last have on to somehow. Day. So, Love that song. again, this is something that isn't very well explained. And I, like, That's new. I do quite like this film, but <laughs> there, are, there are little issues like this. It's like, well, how do you know? How have you caught that trigger? from that because if it exists if it exists as like music being played in a car as it goes flying past or whatever mm-hmm. you know how do how do you as a non-playable character end up with an earworm oh although i suppose there is the sense <laughs> are we it, overthinking this no i don't think so i think these are questions that are worth asking i mean goodness is what it's like for people tuning into this <laughs> but um so uh, Walter McKee, Joe Carey's character, Joe Carey's character, um, is the one. So Keys is the guy who kind of creates, uh, Guy, mm-hmm. and whenever he creates Guy, he bases it on Millie, so the girl yes. that he's hopelessly in love with, which is who why is also Jodie Comer. Yeah, yeah. So this is why she's that she's the one that um. You know, she likes particular kinds of ice cream, bubblegum ice cream that nobody else likes. You know, oh, there's parks and stuff. There's lots of stuff of her memories. Yeah. And one assumes that within this very complex programming to fully flesh um, his character out as being something that's slightly different, yeah. that that is maybe in the programming somewhere, buried underneath 
but it still doesn't explain how your character then goes from being an artificial construct into something that actually is a viable life form in its own right so those those characters are in this film because they had designed a game prior to this game Mm. which was bought by um the design studio and then never released and it transpires in the film that what happened is that studio took their code and the intelligence of what they'd done and like hit it in free city that that is the whole basis for this and Jodie Comer's character is trying to find it because it is the MacGuffin of this film she's trying to find this so that she can prove that it was stolen from them without license and they can do it now mm-hmm. What happens is you see an interview of the two of them discussing the game they made called Life Itself. Yeah. Um, and during that interview, they ask them what goes, what gets them up in the morning. And he says, it's just the code, the code, the code, the code. And she says, well, firstly, medium coffee, cream, two sugars. <laughs> there are, and that song is the song that she hummed all the while they were making mm-hmm. making their original game. Mm-hmm. She loves nothing more than bubblegum ice cream, mm-hmm. um, which becomes a reference point later in the film. And what also what also is slightly confusing, they uh, she in her computer version of Molotov Girl mm. goes with Guy to get an ice cream. Mm-hmm. And they have a they have a bubblegum ice cream together, and at no point does she click on directly to all these little nods and things about this kind of previous life she had with with this guy working on the game. What's it called? Keys. Keys. Yeah. I I, I mean I think it's because up until uh, the, the for, for for the bulk of this, she assumes that he is a real person. Mm. I can't remember which is the point at which the, which she realizes that actually he's an NPC and not just a a computer character. They end up having a in in back in the real world. They end up discovering this keys and her end up discovering this as they go. And he's been looking up. He's been looking into the code of yeah. guy. How guy is coded and how it has um and it shows a very kind of <laughs> like an easy explainer diagram where shows like all the code that was there and then the point where they meet and then that just spreading out and out and out mm-hmm. like like a opening of consciousness there to, to kind of indicate that um for you which is is kind of nice because the sometimes when you're chopping and changing between reality and the game mm. it's quite easy to get lost so i had this on today re-watching it and uh, both my girls came down. We originally watched it when it came to Disney Plus as a family. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. I don't really understand. That's what, okay. And then they both walked in today and individually said, you watching that weird film again? <laughs> I was like, this is quite possibly one of the last weird films <laughs> that, that I could put on the house. Um, that sounded bad, didn't it? Not that guy. Um but they they find it very weird because they're not they are not particularly uh, gamers in the mm. sense in in that sense of running around on the internet with a load of mm-hmm. strangers inhabiting different worlds and things like that. Um, but they, yeah, they find it quite. I think they find it quite confusing that the kind of flitting that it does at certain points between reality and computer generated worlds. Also, I was like. Does anybody ever sleep? Like Jody <laughs> Jody Comer looks like she's been playing that game. Like you know you're saying about like addictive behavior. Yeah. Like, and obviously she is obsessively looking for this piece of coding. That's what she's trying to do. But she looks like she has just been plugged into that game for days. They they close a coffee shop around her at one point because yeah. she's so engrossed in what she's doing in the game. Um, well, I think that in itself is is probably not unlike a lot of gamers. I mean, if Ben was here, he would tell you. I mean, he has done all nighters sitting playing games and gets so wrapped up in, in simple things. I know I've done it whenever I have played games that I've, I've mm-hmm. just gone for hours doing something because you do get absorbed in the space. It's the interactivity 
it's the being a part of this thing even though you're not it's all on a screen but you kind of feel invested in some way and it must be worse for those ones where you can like mic yourself up and interact with other people within that yeah. um but also it's interesting that you kind of pick up on the, the, the sort of this i mean that sleep deprivation again which you know we've been talking about with fight club and we talked about <laughs> the cabin of the caligari it's like this this thing where it puts you into a strange state of being where you, you know it strikes me that you do start to question what's real and what's not real and again as a viewer watching this there is a line of confusion because a bit like her you're trying to work out why it is that he's able to interact in a certain way that doesn't make any sense yeah um i mean even as a playable game it obviously stretches your understanding and we're clearly seeing the interior of the game world from his perspective because whenever we see graphics of the game on on tv screens in the real world they look like computer generated images yeah in a in a kind of much in a, in a less sophisticated slightly less sophisticated way than these characters are within the film yeah so it's it it's it's fascinating i mean i i just yeah your, your kids are probably right it is a bit weird and a bit confusing um <laughs> don't blame them at all um but I think that for me is what I like about it. I like that it's pushing our perception. That it's yeah. it's still asking those questions and that, that we don't have answers to. Yeah, it yeah. It um in some ways it's nice to watch something where you have to keep keep a check on where you are. Mm. Which which reality are you in? Um and to go back to the matrix they they are very clearly defined for you by mm-hmm. the difference in in color the grayness of reality everybody being kind of very in rags and shaved heads and mm-hmm. you know there's there's clear um distinctions between this yes jodie comer has a very different look in the game you could mm. argue um but but still it just it it flips very 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 quickly and then you have that kind of ending sequence where the whole world is watching the end um where it's being streamed live mm. to the whole world and it's it, again it's the blurring of the lines it's robot 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 human human computer game computer game computer game is it mm-hmm. just a soap opera we're watching is it the reality you know it it does do that thing where you have to just keep a wee check on it, I suppose, keep a wee check on where you're at. Um yeah, I yeah, it's a it's a little bit I think there are films that out there that do it kind of not even better, better's the wrong word, but just it's a lot tidier mm. uh narratively in in those little those little things. Um and then I know, <clears throat> I know that um, people got really annoyed. I saw some stuff online about people getting really annoyed about, you know, this is a Disney thing. Mm. Um, it is a Disney product and there are uh, nods to other significantly massive franchises. Star Wars, for example. Star Wars. The, the whole MCU is in Dawn, there. Dawn Avengers. Um <laughs> Which has a really nice cutaway to um Chris Pratt, isn't it? No, not Chris Pratt, the other one. What do you call him? Captain America. Oh. Oh gosh, don't ask me about this. I have completely forgotten that man's name. It's gone out of my head. <laughs> and everybody listening is screaming it at me. Chris Evans. But Chris Evans, of course. Chris Evans. Sorry. Just a complete mind wipe. So you ha- you have this lovely cutaway to Chris Evans. Mm. sitting in a cafe watching this moment on his phone where guy produces a captain america shield and he's like what the shit is this <laughs> like it's really it's quite funny and again a little bit it has a little bit of that meta mm-hmm. thing within it as well um just in terms of the realities and the bending of you know so that in that in that scenario you have an actor who plays a character who's watching a live stream of a game where his character that he plays in the movie gets referenced. Like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a couple of those wee bits where it's quite, it's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, quite nice wee nods and winks and stuff like that. I, I do, I do feel there's, 
there's tidier films out there um but then is, is tidy what we want i mean in a way to be tidier to be neater to be very very clear in terms of like this is this is artificial this is real this is where this happens this is what this happens um i wonder do you enjoy the chaos of free city i I think i do i think i think i think that's probably what it comes down to is that for me (laughs) it just it, 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 it there's an awful lot crammed into here and it's it's slightly anarchical um and and feels slightly surreal as well and i i'm i'm quite fond of surrealism mm. and I, i'm not going to say i'm fond of anarchy cuz i would like a little bit less anarchy in my life please thank you very much <laughs> but i don't like 9 to 5 routines i mean yeah. i don't like those kind of environments i don't like having to do the same thing every single day i don't like falling into those habits it makes me feel um very restricted very confined and very controlled and that doesn't sit well with me so this sort of hints at it's you know doing something that that pushes against that and i think that's where my personal attraction to it is yeah that, i mean a, I, there's a counter reynolds <laughs> there's a counter cultural narrative there yeah. as well in terms of the chaos of the city and then you have very early on he doesn't want to be violent he doesn't want to be running around punching she explains to Guy that you have to you have to do that to mm. level up, which is, you know, like talk about that and skills and workplaces and all this. You know, you can level up your skills by doing this course. And it's like, mm. really, can I? <laughs> uh, can I? Or do you just not want me to be a pain for it's an like, hour and a half? Do I have I a choice? <laughs> can I, I not level up? <laughs> there are no there are no two worse words to hear than development opportunity (laughs) in a work context. This could be a really good development opportunity for you, a real chance to level up your skills. But anyway, she she says to him about leveling up and he then goes around doing good Mm -hmm. within the world. So he he says he doesn't want to be violent, but he does a little bit because what he does is he stops some of the crimes from going Mm -hmm. on in the world. He gets into scraps with people as and as he continues to uh to level up he gets better and stronger and faster he gets to do more stuff and that becomes that's the point where he starts getting attention from the outside world because mm-hmm. he he is going against the narrative of the chaos he is a he and they refer to him as a good guy mm-hmm. and how then all these there's like a shot of a kid in japan or somewhere like dressed as him you know worldwide recognition of being a good guy um gets you to become start to become a a cultural um a cultural phenomenon look i don't know if anybody does it but you could rack experience points up by being a good guy like a hero oh easy tiger if you don't want to shoot people you could steal their guns all that shit makes your level go up go be the good guy okay no i'm gonna be a great guy Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, enjoy your lifetime supply of virginity. <laughs> Off you go. Okay. Wait, how will I know that I've leveled up enough? Uh, get over 100, and we'll talk. Whoa. Bye now. That's so much more than one. Mm-hmm. It's like 99. Bye now. But that in itself is a kind of anarchy, isn't it? You know, to, to go against... I mean, if the game is designed in such a way that being the shadow people, being a, a horrible person, blowing things up, gets you progress, that's what the majority are doing. Yeah. And then he's doing something that is that is very different. He's approaching it. She says to him, "Like nobody's ever done it like this before, but you could give it a go." So he does something that that people are not doing. He, I mean, I I love the sequence where he, he ends up saving a man who then gets I think he gets shot immediately after by somebody <laughs> Two seconds else. Later. <laughs> Just like, yeah. Well, that was kind of where I've got my I've got my 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 paradise credits here. I'm fine, you know. But it's just like, yeah. yeah. But again, um, what a what a statement that is to kind of walk away and go, "Did my thing there? That's great." And then just boom, chaos I mean, happens is, anyway. Is that is that a commentary then on 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 the human existence again? That actually, you know, well, I suppose it's that that 
form of online stuff where there is a trend for people to do a nice thing and then share it on social media. So like, I'm going to help a homeless person today. Let me video the entire process while I help this homeless person. I was like, are you doing this for altruistic reasons or are you doing it for your own vanity and hit some likes on Instagram? Yeah. You know, and, and therefore, are you no different from him that's literally just trying to level up, who's trying to progress through the game that we call life, um, <laughs> but not actually have any consciousness of the changing of your decisions because i'm not massively sure how aware he is of the impact that he's making he has no idea how he's changing the outside world mm. because he's entirely within the confines of the game and it's yeah. the same shit every single day anyway yeah because no matter what he does it resets at the end of the day it you know this next day is still going to be the same for most of the characters apart from those who are starting to to do something different yeah. And when he when he starts off, he does get killed on several occasions. Because <laughs> yeah, he he's, he's rubbish at it. So he does it's almost like Groundhog Day, like wakes up the next day, goes back to goes back to the same people who are having the same like there's like a uh hold up at it like an underpass or something. He goes through the same punch combinations. He learns, he grows, uh-huh. and that's where he gets the the points from for for doing that you know so very buddhist isn't it to kind of go through life repeatedly making the same doing the same things and trying to to change every time but it's very much like playing a computer game where you mm. you will try the same level 40 times before you manage to progress on to level two yeah because level one's really hard uh, <laughs> yeah for us non-gamer folks for us, absolutely um so yeah that kind of cultural thing is is i think fascinating you know, and, and what it's trying, what, what sort of message it's trying to convey. Yeah, and unfortunately, it doesn't really hang around that long enough. It's It, it kind of makes a reference to it, and then he starts to get the attention from it. But he, they, don't, they don't live in that space long enough to kind of to kind of play that out. It's a nice, it is a nice um, look at that whole thing but i i would like more of that if i'm honest um and maybe that's just my own kind of sensibilities mm-hmm. um but i i just felt that was done away with very quickly which again is the nature of of gaming where you do the thing and you move on mm. i understand that but it um narratively a wee bit of uh kind of stretching that out a wee bit more would have been quite nice. I mean, ultimately, he does do the good thing. He, you know, yeah. the MacGuffin is fine and uh, all is well in his world and the other one. Um, mm. But it, yeah, he he is a good, he is that same good guy throughout, but they stop, you know, he then becomes um, all about getting this MacGuffin for mm-hmm. her because mm-hmm. he is he is falling in love with this character or this person he as he sees it in his world mm-hmm. um so like the chaos is still going on mm. so he's not it's not like it's not like to go back to the the gotham thing where it's like well now i stop all the crime it's like i do it to a point to get what i need mm. and then i do the bigger the bigger job, which again is very much a gaming trope, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Build up your experience points to get you to a certain level so that you can beat the body at the yeah. end or, you know, solve the puzzle or whatever, whatever your thing is. I mean, there is a talk of a, a sequel to this as mm. well. So goodness knows what way that's going to go. Um, The one thing I guess we, we probably should touch on briefly, I guess, before we we finish our conversation about free guy is is ryan reynolds who's obviously a hugely important part of this film um as he said himself it's the most involved he's been in the production process outside of deadpool mm. um and it feels i mean he, he he's producing this he helped with the writing of the script um you know so he's very involved with with, with sean levy and, and kind of creating this world and he plays ryan reynolds as ryan reynolds does i just before we, we went on to record this night i was sending through some of the the publicity trailers and teasers and stuff that they were doing with ryan reynolds stick um yeah. 
which I which personally I love. I have to say, I know it's 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 very cheesy. It is it is very uh, self aware and very cheeky. Also feels kind of meta. Um, but I like his approach. I like that that persona. And I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he's a complete shit in real life. I have no idea. I think he is very aware of who he is and where his strengths are. Mm. Because I think you're right. I think he does have a bit of a shtick that you can trace back to, um, you know, he makes an appearance in one of the Blade movies Mm -hmm. many years ago. And he's there and he's wisecracking and he's sarcastic and he's a bit laddish. And then, you know, we move on to Deadpool. Um, I did skip over the, the Wolverine. Deadpool mm. appearance because that movie is an absolute train wreck of a thing. But you move to Deadpool, the wisecracks, the meta, the you know breaking of the fourth wall, all that stuff. To this, to Red Notice on Netflix, um, mm-hmm. and he's in there and he's with the Rock. Or sorry, Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. Give him Gil Gal Gadot, and he is wisecracking and laddish and like he and i can't quite work out you know what what is the thing do you want an actor with incredible range Mm. or do you just do you just want somebody who like there's a there's a line somewhere somebody i think it's buddy says somewhere i scribble it down finding your lane and staying in it Mm -hmm. you know it, he he has done that. He has picked his projects well. Mm-hmm. People may not like them, <laughs> but I think that I think that he picks things that play to his strengths. And I get like somebody like Dwayne Johnson, for example, is another example of that, mm-hmm. where it's you know wisecracking, physical action. You know, there's a lot of that with him too. It's it, you know it, there are actors who like I don't think I want to watch uh ran reynolds in like the tragedy of macbeth maybe i do no i don't know (laughs) but i think i think this is the star persona being played out it's i mean he's of a status he's of uh, he's in that kind of bankability of a-list actors where you play to certain types because ultimately that is what gives you box office return that is what mm. guarantees you an income uh, i mean you've you've mentioned his ex his, his, his x-men appearance mm. um which was not well received no that, you know and i mean when you look at that it's i mean there's there's, there's i mean that in itself is fascinating that, that after having done the character and and being given such a shitty run with it that you were then able to return to it and craft it into the thing that it probably should have been to begin with yeah um i feel i feel like that that deadpool thing not to turn this into a Marvel podcast, but I feel that he took that, um, I and that that Wolverine film that he is a part of, and that mm. like that is a honking mess of a film. Yeah, there are some very good people in that, but it is a honking mess, and I think he actually took that really to heart and like the Deadpool thing came about because he wanted to fix it yeah. in some ways which is to his absolute credit um, and I think he has said words to those effect in, in interviews um, the like you know so you have to you have to give him credit for well, for writing previous wrongs and same with Green Lantern I mean which came out you know in yes. 2009 I mean he, he's been involved in some stuff that wasn't great um, that had all the, the the potential of ruining a career for him completely, mm-hmm. but he has been able to. Now, I mean, there's other people who won't come back from this, and you know, you kind of wonder if it'd been, if we're talking about a, a leading female, um, will we have the same kind of redemption story even possible? Um, because the industry is not necessarily so kind. You know, masculinity seems to get so far, but he he does seem to play on this. He's he's someone who has been able to 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 ride that. And I think he comes, I mean, he comes across as being very genuine. And obviously he's he's invested in lots of his own little businesses as well. You know, from the, the Davier Gin stuff that he does, there's the, um, there's a phone company thing he's part of, and there's the football team over in the UK now that he owns. It's, it's been like 
there is stuff going on. I don't think mm. it's all doesn't seem to be entirely self-serving. You know, there are other people that are involved and that are benefiting from the stuff that he's doing. Yeah. But there are also other little things in his CV just looking at it that that are slightly different or slightly quirky. And we've seen it with other actors that have spent years playing particular types and then they're able to do other stuff because they, they're given the chance to go against their type. Mm. Um, you look at Bill Murray. I mean, Bill Murray's career in his in the last 20 years is very different um, from the career that, that we knew him for for a long time. It's still going back every now and then and picking up bits and pieces of it, but it feels like there's, there's, there's two, two there, and I think Ryan Reynolds has that potential. Mm. But obviously, yeah, if you're not quite possibly, if you're I not think into Ryan Reynolds, maybe it just is a, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I think when you do see him interviewed, you know, when they do that kind of press junket chat show circuit, he's certainly, and I know, yes, Neil, I know he is an actor, but he certainly <laughs> seems to like genuinely care about the projects he picks. Yeah, himself. I, you know, I don't, I don't get the kind of any kind of indication of any uh fakeness about this and obviously if you're coming back for a second one it's obviously done well enough and has been well enough received and he being so involved is mm. quite taken with this character and the possibilities that um they're they're gonna go again because funny i yeah I, I didn't even realize it was a real thing but it was i put it into uh I just logged it today in Letterboxes, haven't watched it without anything. And when I typed in Free Guy, it did come up Free Guy 2 TBC. Like it is it is out there and in the works. The really mm. nice thing they could do is they could just wipe him from it, whatever. You know, like, no, but like <laughs> they could just wipe him from it, right? And then just put in Dwayne Johnson. And he just goes, yeah, it's a new skin. It's a new... <laughs> like an upgrade I... to the game or something as a wee joke, you know? And I could uh... see that being something... Well... I mean, they 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 do that within the game itself, almost when they bring in um, a dude, the dude, the dude, which is insert catchphrase, <laughs> whose code isn't fully written, and that's that's very funny because it's like I like doing what he says. I like I like punching people. Insert other topic. Say something else here. Like yeah, that, that, that's quite funny. There are three things I love in life: kicking ass. TBD. Third thing here. So I'm going to end with with a with a a, a question. Mm. The glasses, the cool people glasses. Yeah. Um, they seem to be the they're the red they're the they're the blue pill. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. Would you? <laughs> Do you want your 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 your, your cool guy glasses? Yeah, I mean, uh, those are those are quite cool glasses that you're wearing. <laughs> I will I will give you that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't you want to be that again? This is my this is my thing, and even like this is where the curiosity of films and faith comes in. Where it's like, don't you just want to know what it is to be fully alive? Mm. Like, don't you just want to know what it means to like be able to, you know, do matrixy stuff up the walls or like you know, see all those passageways and pitfalls to avoid or or to choose to go in like choose your own adventure like to, you know so they the the game life itself right so mm. just on this because i think it's important to the sunglasses thing they they do say that the underlying code from life itself provides the ability to grow mm-hmm. and you're like oh okay so the underlying code of life itself provides the ability to grow for the so, characters or for the people playing? Well, in terms of um, in terms of guy, mm, that's what okay. they, they refer to guy as that. So the underlying code from life itself that he has traces to provides the ability to grow. Mm. I'm like, yeah, the underlying code of this thing is that there's always the opportunity to grow. There's always like a wee, there's always a way to look at the world differently and see like sunglasses are the are the gimmick in this but yeah that's quite a nice wee bit too that 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 kind of struck me when it was said today and it, like i i don't know if it was because the matrix chat before 
or because I was re-watching this, but the first time I watched this film, I was very like, yeah, okay, this is fine. This is just grand. Like, mm. it's fine. But I do I do think, like, so many of these things, when we come and re-watch them, um, I do think you get to see little um, insights and little... Mm. Um, little points and, and nods to all sorts of stuff going on within them. If you if you look, if you get a good look at it, you know. I love the idea that there's this film that everyone's dismissing as like just another Disney product that I'm suggesting actually has something deeper going on that that will tell you so the, key the nature life of life it. itself. <laughs> like going, the, under, the underlying code from life itself provides the ability to grow. Thank you, Disney. <laughs> you multi-billion corporation. Well, they're us. growing. I mean, they've done no harm in them. It's just, <laughs> yeah, Disney has no problems with growth. No, not at all. You know, but I th- yeah, because and I don't know. Sometimes you're like, is that just something? Is that actually in the film, or is that what I'm taking from it because of my own? Well, that's that, that's the question that we address constantly on, yeah. on with our Sunny Punk stuff, and it's you know, it it doesn't something that my my film professor at university, Sam Rudy, uh, said to me years and years ago. Um, I remember him saying to us whenever I was first getting into film was that, you know, it didn't matter whether or not a director or a writer meant something in a particular film that you were watching. If you saw that there, if you connected with in that way, then that was perfectly fine. And that has always stuck with me is that we use these things as a way to stimulate a conversation. That's always been the emphasis about the conversations that we have at Cinepunk. Yeah. It's not just that we're talking here to sit and analyze a film. It's like we're actually want to prompt use these as a prompt to think and if this is the direction that it takes us in great well done disney whether you meant to or not that is what you've prompted for us today and then hopefully somebody might watch or listen to this and kind of go oh, that's interesting and have a think and a thought themselves and, and maybe disagree with us in which case you know if you agree or disagree you can get in contact with us via our social media or you know on the comments yeah and there's somebody just sitting in Disney going, is that what we meant with that? And they were like, nah, we just made a gaming movie. I don't know. <laughs> These two boys are drinking. <laughs> I mean, they could always hire us and we could talk about the next one whenever it happens. <laughs> let us in, Disney, let us in. Please do. <laughs> I would happily do that. Would you not sit and talk about Disney movies forever? Listen, I, I know um, of somebody who who has worked with disney not i don't know them personally but i know of somebody who has worked with disney and it just sounds like the best job in the world they worked with um a guy called mike mccarg aka science mike and he worked with disney on um loki and kind of doing the the science of the timeline and all that kind of stuff the scientifics of how that would all work and variants and whatever and uh, it sounds like the greatest job in the world. <laughs> it really does. I know multi-billion dollar corporation looking, you know, but still, it does sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> Neil, thank you very much. I hope you no, enjoyed that today. <laughs> no problem, I did. Thank you very much. It was good to it was good to get a rewatch at it. And um yeah, free guy, give it a give it a whirl if you haven't already. And if you so you probably should have watched it before we did this conversation, but now, go and rewatch it and see if you can, if we're anywhere around the right lines on this one. Because it would be great to know that. We really would. I, I, look, I mean, I really enjoyed this film myself. Uh, you said to me earlier, I saw your tweet earlier saying, I'm rewatching Free Guy. And I'm like, do I have time to rewatch it again before we do this tonight? It's not often that I will voluntarily rewatch a film in quick succession. I had to do it for the Matrix thing because we had a whole conversation about it that meant that we needed to go back. This is one that leaves me feeling in a particular way that I want to feel that again, and I still feel there's more to explore, and actually there's there's another level to this game that I haven't quite sussed. Mm. Um, so it definitely is rewarding rewatching for me. Um, yeah. Neil, where can people find you if they want to go and interact with you and, and, and just sort of stare at your cool guy glasses? Um, if you want to stare at my cool guy glasses, my uh, well, no, I don't really take pictures of myself, so probably not that much. My uh, Twitter is Films and Faith, and if you search for Neil Sedgwick on Instagram, you'll find me. Although that's not really very film related, but if you want to, it's there. 
Um, and you can get us, uh, you know this already, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and also on our website, cinepunked.com. Uh, if you like the podcast, do download, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, we are also posting some of these up as video podcasts, so vodcasts, new thing for us. Um, so if you happen to find us on one of the video channels, hit like, subscribe, etc. Feedback, let us know what you think of these things. Um, let's get a conversation going, and uh, we'll be back uh, in your ears and eyes again very, very soon. The ultimate team assembles. It's go time! Cat Lady. Have you seen my cat? Big City Dreamer. Life in the big city ain't nothing like this. Barista. Medium coffee, cream, two sugars. Bombshell. You're so hot. Everybody down on the ground! That guy who can't put his hands down ever. That feels unnatural. Buddy. This is the greatest cup of coffee of all time. And Guy. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. NPCs. In a fake city, they're the real heroes, banding together to save the world. We can change our world, but we have to fight together. I don't even know what's happening right now, but I love it. Free Guy, non-players, now playing only in theaters.